We continue with our sermon series in which we are looking at the seven I am statements of Jesus. And this morning, our text is taken from John chapter 10. And I want us really to hear verses 7 through 10 as I read these words. Therefore, Jesus said, very truly, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and they will go out and they will find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and might have it to its fullness. We live in a time in which I think that years from now, people will probably be looking back and using this time as an example for something that we talk about a lot in the church, and that's how some of the most powerful and dangerous things in this world are things that you can't see. We illustrate that all kinds of different ways, that there are things out there, there are these spiritual forces that you and I don't see, but they can do the greatest damage in this world. And now, as we're facing a virus that I don't know about you, but I can't see it. I look around. I can't tell if it's on a doorknob or, or if I am in a store, if it's on a counter. There's no way of being able to see it. And yet we know that the damage that it can cause, this thing that you can't see on how it has literally shut down a world, it gets us back to that illustration of realizing that some of the most powerful and some of the most damaging things in this world are things that you and I can't see. What helps us with regards to something like a virus is certainly something else we can't see that's having an immunity. You, you can't walk up to somebody and tell if they're immune, and you can't tell that by looking at me other also. And we certainly have a whole medical way in which we hope to be able to move forward with this. But what I want us to think about is just all the stuff that we cannot physically see that is powerful in this world. We call them spiritual forces. The Apostle Paul calls them powers and principalities. Well, when we talk about those things that we can't see that are spiritual, that can affect our lives or our powers or influences or attitudes that people can carry that can be damaging as we're in a conversation and we feel like things are going well and all of a sudden something happens and we're sitting and saying, how are we in a different place and why are things going in these particular ways? What we realize is we likewise need to be able to combat it with something we also can't see. And of course, that's why we're doing the seven I am statements about Jesus. Because our Savior, that we do not physically see him standing before us, but we know that it is Jesus who is able to give us that protection that we need. He's the one who's able to guard our hearts and guard our minds and protect our families. And so in this morning's text, in John chapter 10, Jesus declares himself to be a gate. A gate. It's kind of an odd thing. It's not something that you and I normally would compare ourselves to. But I think when we go back and we look at the first century and understand what a first century sheep gate is, it helps us a little bit. Because unlike the modern world, where we're used to thinking of a fence of having a physical gate, if you can see this picture that we put up here, in the first century, a gate was really something that was open, and a 
sheep pen was something that was built up with a stone wall, much like you see a lot of the New England stone walls. Think of it as like that. And then just think of this area that would be this open area. And that is where the gate would be. But it wouldn't be a physical gate like we have at Faith Community Church on our playground where you lift up and you open a gate that swings in and out. Instead, the shepherds themselves were the gate. And again, I don't know how well you can see this, but we have an illustration here that somebody's put together of a shepherd literally sitting down at the gate. And so if you think of bringing the sheep in at night, the shepherd that was watching over the sheep would sleep there in the evening, completely over the night to keep the sheep safe. If any predator or anything would come along, he could wake up and keep the sheep safe. Our text even alludes to the fact that sometimes these these um, sheepfolds or these places where the, the sheep were kept, these big sheep pens could be huge, and they could have more than one flock that would be in there, and there would be actually a gatekeeper who would take that place of keeping all of the, the animals inside safe so that no harm would come to them. The only reason, if you lived in the first century, to enter into a sheep pen other than through where the shepherd was lying down would be to harm the sheep. There'd be no reason for somebody to jump over the back of the sheep pen and say, oh, hey, I was trying to help this lamb. If you wanted to do that, you'd come to the front and, and the shepherd would allow you in. With a good shepherd, the sheep would be okay. Now, I know sheep aren't like us. They don't sit around and think, but I like to try to imagine if you were a sheep and you had a good shepherd and he was taking care of you, the sheep would somehow learn to sense that and know that they were safe and they were secure. I tried to imagine what Jesus would talk about if he talked about it today. You know, when Jesus gives these kinds of illustrations and calls himself something like the gate, he's taking things out of popular culture people would have identified with, and he's just trying to illustrate it. So I thought of him as being a password on your bank account. Think of all the ways in which we use passwords to protect and encrypt our information. Why we create our passwords, and then we're afraid that, well, if somebody figures out this password, I need another password for another account, and then we do a different password, and then pretty soon we have a whole bunch of passwords, and we can't remember our own passwords, and so we play all these different games to try to figure out how we can keep our passwords safe, and maybe we will write our passwords down, but then we're kind of concerned that maybe somebody will find our password, and then what if they hack all of our information? And so we have this whole thing that we've created in our society in which these passwords and changing passwords and encrypting passwords keeps our information safe. That's a similar illustration to what Jesus is talking about. He's the one who protects us. He's the one who guides us spiritually. He's the one who's there no matter what happens to be the one who's in that open gate to watch over us. And so this morning, if we are his sheep, if we're the sheep of his pasture, and if Jesus is, and we'll talk about the other part of this next week, the good shepherd who is our gate, what are the benefits? Why does that help us and how does that protect you and me in our lives? Well, the first thing we discover is if we're Christ's sheep, we can have peace of mind from things we can't see. We can have peace of mind. We can turn our life and our will and our concerns over to Jesus, and we can have this understanding and this belief that he is the one who is there. As he says in verse 7, I am the gate. 
In other words, he's inviting you and me to relax and to trust. Jesus doesn't say to us, I'm the gate, and therefore what you need to do is build a bigger wall to protect yourself. In fact, he speaks against that in the Sermon on the Mount and in the passage which he warns us about thinking that somehow we can build bigger barns or bigger things out there to keep ourselves safe. He invites us to trust him and put our faith in him and know that not only is he the shepherd who watches over us and is the gate for us today, but for all eternity. So often we get caught into a temporal perspective and we fail to realize that this being our gate is not just simply so that we have everything in our life today because things are not going to always happen the way that we want them in our life today. But it's really an internal perspective of realizing that he is the one through whom we are protected and guarded, not only for today, but for all eternity. Worry is what steals our peace of mind. Thinking that we have to take on things that we can't take on. Thinking that we're responsible for one more decision or one more thing that we somehow have to do to protect ourselves or our loved ones. And what Jesus invites us to do is trust in him. And literally trust that he's got it covered. And whatever happens, we need to trust that he's there, that he's a shepherd in the gate. Protecting and keeping a vigilant eye. A number of years ago, I think it was like 1994, I had a mission trip that I was going to be part of and we were traveling to Nicaragua. Now the day that we got to the airport, I thought I was just a member of the, the trip and the guy who was leading the trip was called Mike. He was a good friend of mine. He showed up at the airport and he announced to us that he had kidney stones and he wasn't allowed to leave the United States. So he turned to me and he said, so Stan, you're in charge of the mission trip. I'd never been to Nicaragua, and I'm terrified of flying. At least then I was. I've flown a few more times since then, and so it's a little bit better now. And I remember getting on the plane and sitting by one of the adults, and she turned to me. She was one of the other counselors because it was a, a mission trip with some high school kids, and she said, are you okay? And I said, I absolutely hate flying. I go, not only am I now going to Nicaragua, where I've never been before, I hope and pray everything works out, but I really don't like the process, and this is the longest flight I've ever been on in my life. Now, she didn't remind me that Jesus was the gate, but she told me something similar. She said, I want you to imagine that Jesus is holding our plane. I think at first I thought, well, that's kind of silly. <laughs> Until the plane took off, and we were over the ocean, and I started to visualize you thinking of Jesus holding the plane. That's what I invite you today. To receive the peace of mind of seeing Jesus as the gate. In the sheep pen, we're in the sheep pen, and he's sitting there. And he's saying, remember, no matter what, I'm here. No matter what, I'm not just here for you now, but I'm here for you for all eternity. For you, my sheep. So the benefit of that, there's a, there's a benefit of knowing that I don't have to keep a plane up. Or... I don't have to build a bigger wall, or I don't have to do more. It's about learning to trust. But then the other thing that he says as we look at this idea of Jesus being our gate is we learn to start to identify danger, and what I'm talking about here are spiritual forces and things that otherwise could trouble us. In verse 8, he says, All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but sheep have not listened to them. 
Do you hear what Jesus says? He's, he's the, the one who's in the gate. He's, he's providing the safety and security. And he's talking about the sheep, and he's talking about us. And he said, there's a lot of thieves and robbers out there. But if you allow me to be the shepherd and you allow me to be the one who is in the gate, you will discover that you don't listen to all those other ones. In fact, you can learn how to identify them, particularly when they are ones that bring you or your family danger. All who came before me, he says, are, and I'll give you the Greek words here, klepto and lastos. Klepto is where we get the word kleptomaniac. And that really becomes the person that you know. You start getting a little sense of saying, wait a second, this person just doesn't seem to be someone who I should be hanging around with, or this person seems to be somebody who could do some kind of damage here. Parents, a lot of times, start getting that sense with their kids. They start saying, I'm concerned about who my children are with. And Jesus says, that's exactly what happens when we trust in him and we allow him to be the gate. When we put our faith in Jesus, we start identifying those we know that we start having some concern over. And then the word lost us is the word that's used for highway robber. That's just those unknown dangers that all of a sudden we start seeing those also. Jesus tells us that people and things in this world want to steal. They want to take from us. They want to hurt us. He's not saying that the world is a friendly place. He's not telling us that the entire world is a safety of being in his loving arms. So we know some and others we don't. But most damage we actually start discovering that's done in this world is really done usually by people that we know. In our own lives, we may have had that experience in relationships in which all of a sudden we thought that this was a person that we could trust and over a period of time we start realizing that there's something going on here and we need to guard our hearts or our minds and we need to watch out for our own security. A number of years ago, Regina was working for a corporation. I need to let you know that that corporation later went out of business and they did not have the best business practices. And one day, I was riding with a friend of mine in Providence, and she called me on the phone. I answered the phone, and she said, Stan, now you have to understand, Regina was doing sales at the time. And she said, my corporate boss wants me to lie. I said, honey, what are you talking about? She said, well, we have five units that, that I can rent out, and they want me to tell a family that we only have one. And I said, and, and she said, and I'm not going to lie. And I said, and, she said, and I can lose my job over it. I had a prayer with her, and I said, it's okay, we don't lie. We aren't deceptive people who are just going to lie and manipulate so that we can make a sale and we can get ahead in life. But for her, the danger was the people in the corporation who were saying, you have to do this. This is just how we do sales. We just manipulate the facts and we make them anything that we want. But you see, if we trust in Christ and we have him as the gate protecting and guarding our hearts, guarding who we are, we see those things and we see right through those. And I've seen people in their lives who have made those kind of compromises and known that they shouldn't do it to get in far worse trouble than just having to worry about some corporate boss. Yes, there are forces that want to hurt, hurt us, hurt our families. But being one of Jesus' sheep 
in being in the sheepfold and realizing that Jesus is the gate, not only can we rest and trust and give the concerns to him and the things that we just don't understand that make no sense to us to realize we will never understand them, but somehow we have to trust that he does, we go to the next level, we also can start realizing that we can start identifying danger. So I invite you to work on your relationship with the Savior. Work on it so you can start seeing things and say, hey, this just doesn't make sense. And then Christians over and over, I've discovered, we become very savvy people. We start seeing things that, that are morally wrong or just have a little twist on them. And we say people really should not be living that way. Because the third thing of the benefit of being one of Jesus' sheep and looking at ourselves from this first century perspective and seeing Jesus as being the gate is now we can hear the true voice. And isn't that what you and I want in our life? Who do we listen to? Who has your heart? Who has your ear? You don't have to listen and give credence to every single voice that comes along. Verse 3 of the same text John chapter 10, Jesus says, uh, sheep, hear the shepherd's voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them. Sheep hear the voice of the true shepherd, the one who protects them. And here he's not just giving an illustration of, of being the gate with only one fold of sheep together. He's saying that even if you have ten folds of sheep together, the good shepherd comes in and calls his sheep, and all of his sheep learn his voice, and the shepherd could walk out in the field, and only his sheep would follow in the first century because that's how those sheep had been trained, to listen to the shepherd's voice. Think of all the things that are trying to get your ear today. I was talking to David this week, and he said, you know, so one of the things that, that people that he's talked to have said is really troubling is there's just so many opinions out there. How do you figure out which one is right? And so he tries to help people learn how to listen for the right things and dismiss stuff that just is not going to be helpful in your life to listen to. Because there's things that just, if you just get yourself upset over every single thing and every single opinion and every single person that posts something on the internet or says something on a, a MSNBC, CNN, or Fox News station and every single thing starts playing in your minds and you listen to it all, we'll have nothing but turmoil and commotion in our life. And what Jesus asks us to do is to hear the true voice, to listen to his voice. And then the shepherd can lead us properly, and we're going to talk more about that next week. But this is all based on the sheep learning to recognize the shepherd's voice. And so if you're taking something out of this, one of the things of learning to have Jesus be the gate, learn to listen to his voice. Learn every day to, to find scripture that you read. Learn to pick up the Gospel of John and carefully read through it. And then when you're done, go back and read it again. And after you've read it a second time, go back and read it a third time. Get a devotional that you do every single day. Find a Upper Room or Our Daily Bread or... I saw one recently, it was like 15 minutes for men with God. And it's just a daily way of just getting our minds listening to the right things. That's why we promote our faith groups here. I'm very excited to work with all of these young families who are going to be in a parenting group to try to hear the right things rather than all the negative things that 
get parents all concerned and upset so that we can put together a group of Christian parents to talk and support each other. How are you working on hearing your Savior's voice, your shepherd? Talk to other Christians. I often say, listen to Caleb, positive and encouraging radio to hear a Christian message every single day. So we start listening and being able to identify the shepherd's voice, the good shepherd. Because you see, there's a lot of things in this world that want to steal from you and me. And first and foremost, they want to steal our peace of mind. And so Jesus tells us that if we can make him the gate, if we can understand that he is the gate, we can have peace of mind and we can trust him. We learn to identify danger and we certainly learn to hear his true voice. Years ago, my niece, who one of my nieces who lives in North Dakota, her name is Megan, had an experience where she had rescued a duck and she had raised the duck. And later at school, they had some little baby ducklings that were being hatched and she asked if she could take one of the ducks home. Now, I, you have to ask my sister why she let her daughter raise two ducks, but she did. And so my niece, Megan, raised a duck in her house, in their home that they lived in, in Fargo. And as you see, the duck kind of got to be pretty big. And so finally, one day, my sister came home, her mom, and said, okay, Megan, enough is enough. This duck has lived in our house long enough. We're going to get rid of the duck, and we have to put it somewhere else. So they took the duck, and they took the duck to the Wapitan Zoo. And about a year later, Megan had not seen the duck for over a year. She went to the zoo, and she went, and she called the duck's name, and there's a whole bunch of ducks out there, and her duck, I think the name was Lucky, came running across the zoo right up to Megan and gave her a big hug. Do you hear that? A duck can learn the voice of the one who raised it because she spent time with Megan. She learned she was loved by Megan. She learned that Megan took care of her and protected her. That's what Jesus invites us about making and understanding him to be our gate. Get to know him. Trust him. At those times when things don't make sense, let him embrace you. Pray to him. Be part of a group in which you can talk with others and learn how to understand that it's his voice that's calling you. This morning, we're learning more about Jesus. He's the gate. He's the gate. He's a shepherd who loves each of us wants a personal relationship with you and me, and invites us to learn to tune out all those voices and all those things that all they do is get us upset anyhow, and learn to realize that he's the real deal. He's the one who can calm our hearts and settle us down. For we're learning today that as Jesus said, he's the gate. I invite you and me to be okay to be one of his sheep. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that we are your sheep. We thank you that we can follow you and we can trust in you. And as we get prepared to end our service this morning, as we sing a song, help us take with ourselves this week a desire to just trust in you and know you and identify your voice and tune out all those other voices that all they're doing is upsetting us and they're not from you. 
Help us visualize you at those moments when our lives don't make sense or things are concerning to us. Help us literally visualize you in that gate, just laying there, keeping us safe and protecting us and watching over us. And in the middle of the night, if we find something that brings us anxiety, help us know that you are there and nothing, nothing will come that you won't be there watching over. We thank you for your unbelievable love, your grace, and your commitment to each of us, and help us take that with us this week. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.